Hello and welcome to Chat Club. There's only one room on Chat Club, and that is Everybody Talks About Chat Club. I'm your host, Alan Hilchey. Today's episode, I'm going to do something a little different. Uh, we talked about grief last week in my episode 8. We talked about ways to be supportive, ways to help out the emotional and physical uh, people that were going through grief. So this week, I'm going to get on talking about triggers. And the reason why I want to talk about triggers is this fella had an episode last week with a trigger. Um, I get uh, very upset. Now, I want to explain what a trigger is because the simple fact is I talk about the triggers and I want to really explain it. So what it, mean, what it means to be triggered uh, refers to having an emotional reaction or physical response to something disturbing, whether it's an event or something in social media, could be smell, could be violence, could be mentioned as suicide, could be anything that, that just triggers you. It's something that your body reacts to. It's called the trigger. Now, from the mental health perspective, being triggered is more, it narrows it down to the experience of people with tr- post-traumatic stress. Um, reducing symptoms of post-traumatic stress, exposure is actually you know, just different stuff, uh, you know, reminds them of things that triggered them into the, why they have PTSD, just events or, or uh, life things, just uh, just to be, you know, and these triggers can be internal or external, uh, like including smells, sights, sounds, and emotions that people of past trauma in some way. So when a person with post post traumatic stress disorder experiences being triggered in this way it can overwhelm them with emotions uh including sadness uh exa- anxiety to the you know full effect even panic attacks um even flashbacks like uh visit vivid flashbacks in their head so sometimes you can lose the reality or perspective where you are and you just get into complete trigger you shut down um triggers are also relevant for those Others that have mental disorders, uh, including anxiety disorders, uh, eating disorders, and substance abuse. Uh, there's lots of triggers. And trigger just means a relapse or something that has happened. So I want to get into what happened to me because I think it's very, um, uh, it was very dramatic for me. Uh, uh, last week I came in on my night shift and we went through our briefing at work. Uh, I went through it. And things were said, and, you know, during our briefing, I won't get into it because confidentiality of where I work. I work in corrections, so what was being said. So I'm not really sure what happened. I had a full cup of coffee in my hand. I got very angry. I wanted to throw it at the wall. I wanted to scream. I wanted to throw chairs. I wanted something clicked, and uh, I, I now know what it is, but I don't want to get into the what it is. But the trigger that triggered me is I, I work with a client that I had an incident with. I think it's around that. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, needless to say, I had a under a mental breakdown or I was very angry. I, I think uh, it, it triggered me to a point where I had so much anger, I almost blacked out, fully knew where I was, but the anger just ate at me and just ate and ate at me. And I had a really hard time focusing. So I went and grabbed some stuff and worked, you know, looked at what I had to do. And I put open the door and 
I walked over to where I'm supposed to go, where I'm posted. I, I went there very fast. I didn't really stop to talk to anybody because I was so focused. On the way out, I threw my hot cup of coffee, which I love coffee. I threw it in the garbage. I was that mad. And I can't understand where the anger comes from, but that was a trigger for me. So this episode, I want to rely on, on the triggers. Now, I want to talk about types of triggers. Uh, as mentioned, triggers can be you know internal, external events. Uh, uh, there's so many different examples, uh, different kind of events uh, that may be considered triggers uh, in terms of the mental health problems. Uh, internal, the most common internal trigger events are the following like that I've found. Uh, stress, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed, a racing heart, anger, sadness, feeling lonely, feeling abandoned, uh, feeling frustrated, feeling out of control, uh, feeling pain, feeling tension. Now out of those ones, I felt out of control. I felt anger, uh, a racing heart, uh, stress. So a lot of them internal things hit me and I knew that I was having an episode, a trigger as they call it. So I went into this. So still dealing with the triggers, still dealing with the aftermath. So these are the type of triggers that I possessed when I went through my, my episode. And I just want to share this with people because I'm not scared to share that I messed up or something happened to me and it happens to everybody on every day. And if I can go from my personal perspective, talk to everybody and, and if they can see some similarities or get what I'm talking about and maybe it'll help with their triggers. Because this is what this podcast is about. It's not about numbers. It's not about sponsorships. It's nothing about that. It's about what I can do and it's therapeutic for me to talk about this and I think the simple fact is it helps people and I want to help people because that's what I went into corrections for was to help individuals. Uh, now, if I can do this worldwide, it, it, it helps feed my soul, helps me have a purpose. It helps me, you know, when I get comments and, and I get things, it, it helps me, encourages me to help people. So subjects or anything like that. Now. When I get into external ones, okay, and we're talking about external, we're talking about blow, you know, the ones that I'm going to talk about is going to talk about potential external events that may feel a person to trigger. So I'm going to go through some of the ones that I found. I found going to a specific location reminds me of a traumatic event, which could have been me uh, at work. That's where it happened. Uh, a lot of things have happened at work for me, so that could be a specific one. Uh, an anniversary date. So it could be an anniversary of something that happened, someone passed away or something traumatic happened. Uh, a violent movie, for instance, can trigger some people that have PTSD that, you know, you have paramedics, you have police officers, uh, numerous uh, nurses for ER, doctors, uh, 911. A lot of different things, right? There's a lot of different people out there that are first responders that people don't even aren't even aware of the impact of PTSD and how events do impact people. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, a particular smell that is connected to a past trauma. Uh, this happened to me. Uh, I've 
Uh, when I smell rust, uh, a lot of our clients have, when they first started working, they they cut up a lot to, to um, sort of to deal with their traumatic feelings. Uh, it was their trigger. Like it took away their pain. From what I understand, I've talked to my clients about it. It's a way of getting through the pain of something that's upsetting or news, because they were never taught how to use their words to or emotion because at that time there was none of that not like there is today so i can connect with that smell because when i smell rust i smell blood so it, it that can i know that happened to me years ago i talked in my first podcast about sitting in the gym and start having flashbacks and smells started coming to me and that's another one uh, seeing an overly thin celebrity, uh, that can be in case of anorexia, you know, just that sort of stuff. Um, that can trigger somebody. Uh, loud noises, um, like a motorbike, uh, a veteran, uh, loud noises like bang or anything like that can trigger certain people. It could be police officers, could be war uh, veterans, uh, a lot of different things. Uh, particular... Um, just an intersection. Uh, just you know, could something could have happened there, a traumatic event. Uh, you know that comes into the specific area of a trauma again. Uh, particular interaction. Uh, could be an argument about a certain thing that could trigger you into something. Uh, you've had many conversations. Uh, just that one conversation probably triggers you. Could be something that has happened. Uh, seeing someone use else use drugs for substance abusers like substance uh, abusers that uh, have had problems with drugs in the past and they're getting through it and that can be a trigger seeing someone else use drugs that could trigger them and they come into an episode where they need some help or you know they have to find ways to cope with it so that's one uh, news stories about bad events. Uh, our whole, it seems like media nowadays is portraying on what's negative and what's what's so negative in the world and not working on the positives. Uh, if you ever while, like, looked into a newspaper and all the bad stuff's kind of at the first and then all these profile and people that do different stuff are tendency to be the bad, to, to the back of the paper or magazine or, or whatever or whatever news you're following, it seems to be the way it is. Uh, people seem to be, um, I don't know, they seem to like the negative response and see, you know, everyone seems to be drawn to that sort of stuff. Uh, another one is the ending of a relationship. It could be a relationship with a friend or marriage or anything like that. It could be an external factor leading into other factors. This could be a, a trigger, an external one. Being alone too much could be another one, an external factor. Um, I've dealt with this uh, this week, last week, and today of this sort of thing. So today I went to the gym, uh, went for about, uh, about an hour, an hour and a half, talked to people. Uh, my mood's totally different, totally different change because I took it upon myself to know that I was in a place and needed I, I needed to get out. So this is what I did. I went to the gym. Um, could be a walk, could be just going outside, having a coffee, reading a book, doing something different, okay? So I did do this. Uh, feeling judged. Uh, <laughs> how many times uh, do you feel like you're being judged? Um, 
uh, people uh, feel they're being judged a lot in, in society uh, judged behind their back um, just even even when you look at people and you see their face gestures or their their body language uh, people pick pick up on that the the judgmental aspect of how people interpret like my perception is totally different than everyone else's but when you look at triggers and you look at um, you look at the different things and you look at the body language of people the the looks you see the gestures and that's being judgmental so you have to be very aware if someone is going through something uh, and you want to be supportive remember your gestures and your body language it's so imperative that you do not bring that forth because then people shut down and then people say you know what they're being judgmental I've had enough I'm shutting down another external factor could be money problems uh, everybody's done this in their life uh, money problems uh, it happens that can be an external factor to trigger something down the road you know uh, physical illness uh, you could have something that has uh, happened lately to you uh, a physical in, uh, illness uh, could be minor major don't want to get into the minor majors, but typically physical injuries can lead to a trigger. Uh, another one is, a real big one, is sexual harassment. In the, it could be in the workplace, could be out in public. This happens on a daily basis in both sex. It does happen more likely with females because it just does. Because men sometimes think they're empowered or think they're being cute or they think that... Uh, it's just a joke, but again, that comes down to the perception. Being the person on the other end of the spectrum, being the one that's being sexually harassed, you don't see it as that. And we have to be mindful of this sort of thing because sexual harassment is dangerous. It's a dangerous territory, and when you say something cutesy, it could turn into someone having a, a pretty bad external trigger. That could have an episode and it could be the sexual harassment could be about something that they've been sexually assaulted in the past. It could be when they were a child. So you have to be very mindful of this sort of thing. And you have to, really you shouldn't do it at all. Uh, you, you really shouldn't because really, I mean, you got to watch what you say and what you do around people. Because everyone else takes things differently. Uh, what you perceive as being cute and kind of... Uh, you know, not serious. Someone else is going to take it serious. All in perspective and how you say it, how you voice tone, your voice, like your tone, to into your body language. So you have to be mindful of that. A particular uh, time of the day can be an external factor. Uh, sunset could be towards night. Uh, a traumatic event could have happened during the night. Uh, a lot of different things. So you have to be, that uh, can be an external uh, trigger. Uh, being in a crowded place can be also another external uh, trigger where you just lose like social phobias, a lot of different things like that. Um, you have to be mindful of that where you are, and if you see someone in that situation, like try to help them out to get them away from that sort of thing because it can really, I mean, they get anxiety, they rapid breathing. There's a lot of different things that can happen. So if someone's having a trigger, you you. you should suggest things to them or help them out or, you know, listen to them. Don't judge. Listen. Listen to what they need because they're the ones that are going to be more likely. You're not a doctor. You're you're not a psychiatric, you know, doctor. You're not a lot of different things. You try to help people because you try to help them. 
So you have to be mindful of these things. Now, when I get into my episode, well, I'm going to go back and I had an external. It could have been, uh, you know, a little things for me and uh, just different things that triggered me that night. I'm not 100% sure. I'm still trying to figure this out. Uh, what I did was I took ownership of it. I had a trigger. I talked to my supervisor that night. I went home. I relaxed. I got myself out of the situation. I didn't do anything rash. I didn't... Uh, lose it I kept my composure the whole time uh, should I have kept my composure should I have talked to my supervisor probably because you know really maybe I should have went into it but I didn't feel comfortable at that point so at that point I have to I needed some time to figure out where I needed to go I, I'm very uh, I like this 24 hour rule that I've heard from minor hockey I've heard from minor sports uh, when two parent, a parent and a coach gets in an argument or something happens, they take 24 hours, then they go talk about it. Because then your emotions sit high. And I didn't want to say anything at that point because my emotions were high. I was angry. I didn't want to say anything that I would regret. Not not that I was going to say anything rash or anything like that. I just don't want to, just don't want to put people in positions. And from that night, I took my time off. I went and saw my boss, boss of the place. I had a talk with him, uh, figured out a few things, figured out what I needed from my perspective, what I needed and what I asked for. And these are huge things for me. Um, I've been in the profession for 20 years. So now I have to look out for myself because the simple fact is people knowing, no one's looking out for me. Uh, there's very few people. And I don't mean that maliciously. I don't mean that as being a uh, you know, I'm being picked on or anything like that. I don't mean that in that aspect. I think sometimes people think that uh, if you're not saying anything, you're okay. If you don't mention anything, you're okay. And I think I became very uh, proactive in helping myself to a place where I'm calming down a little more. I'm finding out what, what went wrong. I'm taking ownership of my trigger trying to cope and find coping mechanisms. And I'm doing the small measurable goals. For instance, uh, yesterday, a friend asked me to go out to lunch. I took the opportunity and went out. Then I went back to his house. Normally, I don't do that stuff. Normally, I like to come home, relax. I'm in my suitable environment. But I took a chance. I went out. Uh, very good friend of mine. And, you know, just to be myself and to talk about other things. And it wasn't necessary about my trauma, trauma or my trigger or anything that happened. It was a matter of taking my mind off the issue, uh, finding some being normal, finding my way of being normal. Not anybody else's my normal. What I felt was normal to myself. Again, that is perspective. Everyone's perspective of normal is so different. How you grew up in home is different. So I went into my triggers. So anyway, that's what I did at that point. Now, going back to talking to my boss, I took a little more time off, and uh, he made the suggestion. I agreed. Needed it. And furthermore, to look at other possibilities for myself, he's going to look into it. He's going to examine what possibilities that I can do, other than the current job I'm doing. And it may happen, it may not. But I took the opportunity and I took the ownership to go in and say, hey, I needed a change and I need it. For me, for my mental health, for me as a person, for
for me to get forward through the job. I've been on the floor for 20 years, and there's not a lot of people in my institution that has been on the floor for 20 years. And I have to recognize and applaud myself for the amount of hard time because it's really hard to work uh, I'm on with my clients on the jail. I'm not looking through a glass. I'm not, you know, sitting back, watching them going in an hour, see if I had the right count. I'm interacting, I'm participating, um, I'm engaging. I, being a, a social worker, I'm being a mom, a dad, uh, well, not the mom, but I'm being a, a parent, a role model. Um, I have to act professional. I have to, you know, I can't get angry. I can't yell. I have to be the professional. And the professional sometimes wears on you because we're all humans. We're all human. Not humans. We're all humans. So it really comes down to perspective that I had to, you know, change myself and change my my environment so whether that happens or not that remains to be seen but I did take a proactive approach I didn't hide I went head-on and I'm proud of myself to take the time to have a normal conversation with my supervisor to say hey you know what I'm breaking down here and I need to change so going back to my 20 years my 20 years is I have the type of personality that I work with a lot of hard to serve clients, which means they're hard to deal with and they're hard to deal with because they're very attention. There, there are a lot of attention. You have to redirect them a lot. You have to interact with them. You have to, it's a lot of different things and I seem to have the knack for that. I'm not sure where I got it, maybe. Uh, I'm not really sure, but it seems to be my niche in corrections to work with them. But at this point, I am to the point right now where I am burnt out and I need a different perspective and a little different different needs for my workplace. And I don't mean to complain or anything like that. That's not what the intention is. It's to correct and make my life better at home and work and have that balance. So I need to have that balance. So I've taken the active measures. Um, I'm off work, work for a little bit and that's not a bad thing. To take time to sort things out. That doesn't make you weak, it makes you smart makes you smart because now you have to reassess and you're going to have to find coping mechanisms to deal with certain situations. Sometimes we just need a break and then that's okay. So I have done lots of things to progress to make my life a little better like going to the gym, uh, being active, being socially active, uh, talking to people, uh, you know, maybe doing some stuff around the house that I normally don't do. Like... You know, we put trim around the house so my wife doesn't get upset, you know, that sort of thing. I am going to do that. So it's just different things that you need to do to take your mind off the problem. Not that you're trying to mask the problem, but we need to cope with it. And how we cope with it is doing little things, small measurable goals to make yourself feel better, to confidently tackle that issue that you have. So, you know, are the trigger warnings helpful? Well, I'm going to say it's absolutely helpful for me because the simple fact is I knew I knew I had to get out of work. I knew I had to leave because in my type of work, there's people that depend on me in emergency response. There's a partner on the unit I'm working with. If my head's not in the game. I'm putting them at risk. I'm putting my clients at risk. And I'm putting my supervisor and all my other coworkers at risk. For the simple fact is that, you know, it, you know, something goes wrong and my head's not in the game. 
Someone can get seriously hurt. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We're, you know, in my line of work, we're to provide a safe environment to make sure the clients are safe, my partner's safe, and we all go home safely. That's my 12 hours. That's my goal, to make sure everyone's safe, everyone has their needs, and everyone gets taken care of. So that's my full work, 12 hours. And at times when if you're not at your best and you need a mental health day or you need time away, do it. And there's a lot of companies and governments that are nagging about sick time. But I was told a long time ago by one of my supervisors that if you need time away, you take it because you need to reassess. You need to get yourself in a stronger mental capacity because we all burnt out. We all burn out. We're all humans. We all have a certain capacity uh, that we hit that capacity point and we have overload, then things are going to happen negatively. So we have to take care of those triggers. Now, how to cope with triggers, uh, and I've said a lot of them in my past uh, podcast about helpful things, uh, things that are going to help. Now, I talked about my, the breathing, uh, relaxed techniques, uh, breathing. Uh, it's called technical breathing is what it's called. And, you know, you, you breathe, you exhale, and you do it many times to bring it down, to relax. So people are going to look at you a little weird, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's focus on yourself. Uh, external stuff really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're looking in the mirror in front of yourself to see that you're okay with yourself. You know, I, I don't really care what Bobby Joe or Felicia is doing on the other end. Goodbye, Felicia, as the old saying. But when it comes down to it, you have to really think about like yourself and where you know what you need to do. Uh, avoid unhealthy behaviors. So I avoided unhealthy behaviors when I went home, because jail is a negative consequence. The clients could be negative. Uh, my worker could have a bad day. It, it really doesn't matter. So I avoided the unhealthy behaviors. Uh, beware. Become aware of your triggers. Is you know how to cope with it. I became aware because I was very angry. So when I throw out a full, fresh coffee, there's something around. And I needed to figure it out. Uh, another thing, another helpful thing is to call someone if you feel triggered. Uh, a lot of people will listen. So that's really what you need is to listen. So you need someone to listen. You talk to someone that you have a connection with. Uh, you know, whether it's work or a good friend. Sometimes they'll just listen to you, and, and that's that 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 helps out a lot because you get to vent, you get to get your frustration out, and not that the person is gonna judge you or anything like that. It's just letting it out. Now, another helpful thing is I keep banging on this, banging on the drum, is keeping a journal. Keeping a journal is such a great aspect because not only that, you're documenting your triggers, you're seeing your progression, and your triggers may get less and less. So you see progress when you write down stuff. Sometimes you don't see it. Sometimes you see the negative. But you have to take the little things, the little battles that you win. It may, may not be the war, but the little battles count. Every little battle counts. My battle the other night I won because I took it upon myself to go home and relax and, and do some things, go to the gym. You know, me going to the gym today helped me out today to do this podcast because I was really, didn't know what I was going to do for a podcast. I was very... Uh, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what subject to bring up. And all of a sudden, it hit me right in the head. Triggers. Such a good one. Because everybody has triggers. Everyone has episodes. Everybody has it. 
a lot of another thing, uh, engage in regular exercise is another one. And I just talked about it, going to the gym, even going for a walk, even just going outside and breathing the fresh air or going to smell flowers or doing something peaceful. You know, that's what you need. So when we get into reading self-help books is another one to, you know, you may, these health, self-help books are crucial because they, they're, they're researching a lot of different techniques and coping mechanisms that can aid you. So these, uh, you know, new coping strategies, the self-help books are fantastic. And that could be your, you know, your coping mechanism to find out other ways to deal with the triggers or deal with the negative uh, influences. And big, big thing, uh, practice mindfulness. Uh, practice mind mindfulness. Taking time for yourself, taking your 30-minute vacation, taking, you know, time out of the day for yourself. Because we're always running to help out people, whether it's the kids, you know, your spouse, your, your mom and dad, just different things. We're always running for other people. I get it. That's a part of life. But don't forget yourself. Self-care, mindfulness. Uh, practice self-soothing. So self-soothing, we're talking about, you know, taking care of yourself. And, you know, we're talking, you know, about yourself, empower yourself by preparing, you know, to cope with the triggers. So, you know. Rather than thinking you're a victim, become aware of the signs of your body when things happen, that you're reacting to triggers, you know, changes in your breathing, how calm, you, you know. So when you when you start getting these triggers, I mean, be prepared. Don't think of yourself as a victim. Think about the person that's going to take care of this stuff because at the end of the day, you're the one that needs to take the steps to follow through. You need to learn how to calm yourself down, shift your emotional state. I did that the other night. I took upon myself to get myself out of the situation. I was still angry when I was talking to my supervisor. And I had a lot of people come to me and ask me even after. And that is so supportive. So if you see someone that is uh, in that state and had to leave from work, throw a little message to them because it means a lot to the person. Because it meant a lot to me that people reached out to me. There was, you know probably five or six messages from coworkers knew that I was in a state and they knew that I was in a bad state and they, you know, recognized it and they threw a message out. I hope you're doing okay. If you need anything, you need to talk, let me know. That's such a nice support system. And don't ever think that they're being nosy. Don't ever think that they're just doing it because it's the important thing to do or whatever. It's, it is important. But they're not doing it just to make themselves feel good. They genuinely care about you as a coworker. So you make sure that you take that into consideration and you take that, you know, paying, paving it forward. So many times I've helped out people in my institution with things and how they felt or vented. And now it's coming back to me, the karma. And I'm a firm believer in the karma. So when I really come down to what it is, um, getting messages or sending messages out it's so crucial to people oh man like that made my day really good i had messages that night i had messages the next day i had them and and it continues and this sort of thing is very helpful and that's being supportive by your co-workers and your friends and family it's huge so don't don't dissipate it don't you know don't ignore it read it and feel good that someone actually cares that you don't feel alone 
And that's what this is all about. Not feeling alone. Feeling engaged. So that's what I'm talking about with the triggers. And I wanted to be very, very thorough with this because, you know, I, I, I look at how people cope and, you know, coping with PTSD and coping with anxiety. I mean, this is a long learning experience to how to cope with it. No one has the perfect solution. It's all individualized, whether it's the medical doctor, whether it's different things, whether it's how you deal with the relaxation exercises, how you manage the stress, uh, just different things that you do. Just make sure you take care of yourself. I have. I continue to. But I thought it was important to talk about the triggers and talk about I personally had an episode. And I think it's uh, revealing. I feel kind of naked. But I'm okay with that because I know it's okay not to feel okay. It's okay not to be okay. It's a common thing. There's millions of people that suffer as much as I do or have been through the different things and even accessibly more that deal with this on a daily basis. The person next to you could be dealing with it. We don't know. Because again, we all wear masks to make other people not feel awkward. And one of these days, I'm going to sit there in a park and I'm going to look at people and say, I'm mentally ill, just to see the reaction. But that's for another day. I don't think I'm up to that speed as of right now. But it's important to take care of your mental health. It's important to to recognize your uh, triggers, as I so-called external, internal figure, like triggers, to make sure that you know where you're going and how you're getting there. Because... The biggest thing is to know your triggers and know what you need to calm yourself down. I, I'm very appreciative of the support I've had in the past week. People recognized that I went through a very hard time at work and recognized that, that I've been there for that long and recognized that, you know, I continue to struggle, but I'm not giving up. I'm fighting every day. Not saying that my journey is any worse than anybody else's or... I have it really bad. I'm just saying I'm not giving up. I'm living life. I'm exploring things to, to help myself. And this is one of them, talking to people and reaching out and talking about mental illness and talking about how things trigger me because I'm not perfect. And that's why I'm doing these podcasts, is to help people out, to recognize what's triggering and what, what you need to do to take ownership and not sit back and feel self-pity because that's the worst thing you can do when you when you're having episodes of trigger whether it's anxiety or you know ptsd or any other mental illness you have to take care of yourself and sometimes when people reach out or people care about you they're not trying to get in your business they genuinely care and you have to remember that people aren't out to get you they're there because they care and they want to help and you can recognize the ones that aren't because the ones that aren't, aren't saying anything. The ones that care are reaching out, are saying stuff. So I want to make very sure that you understand this whole podcast was not only about my journey and about what I went through last week or a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to talk to you as a person that has been through different things to share my experiences and hoping that you can deal with them similar to me or even better. If you can do better than me, then fantastic i love that i want people to be healthy i want people to 
you know, say they're having a bad day and, and not feel ashamed that they're having a bad day because everybody has bad days. Don't put the, ma- the mask on. Re- reveal yourself because your true identity is who you are, what you do. People can't change who you are. People get into relationships and they try to change each other. You can't change what you built for the last years, my years. Like sports was a huge identity. No one could take that away from you because that was part of my identity. That's part of who I am. So when we get into this triggers and stuff and, you know, anxiety, make sure you take care of yourself because no one is going to be the magic pill. No one's going to hold your hand. You've got to take ownership and you've got to do the processes that have helped. Journals, whatever you need. Walk, music, relaxation music. Whatever you need to make sure that you're safe and getting the help you need, whether it's through the doctors or whatever. Just make sure you take care of yourself. Don't feel ashamed. Do not feel ashamed. There's millions of people that are in the same place as you. They they feel the same things. Shouldn't matter about your sexuality. Shouldn't matter about your race. Shouldn't matter about your nationality. Shouldn't matter anything. We're all humans. We all uh, bleed the same color. We all feel the same. You know, we have different thoughts and views and ethics, morals. But I'm the first one to say that we're all on equal footing. We all should care as, as people and not worry about what political party or anything like that or what what you believe strongly. And that's good, but don't ever make other people feel that way. And I'm going to leave you the, this quote. This quote and I heard this from a person that I work with. And it's such a true quote. And the only one that can make you feel inferior is yourself. Letting people make you feel inferior. So remember that when people are trying to bring you down and trying to be negative. You're the only one that can let that negativity energy get into you and make you feel that way. So... My next episodes, I'm going to try to do some interviews. I'm going to try to uh, line up some interviews because I know that people are probably getting sick and tired of maybe hearing me. I'm not sure. I hope not. I generally really care about help, helping people. And I really, you know, I'll make it my mission in this podcast to help. And, I, you know, I'm going to do some enlightening ones. It's not always going to be the dark, gloomy ones. I am going to get into other positive stuff. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode because it took me a lot to reveal myself and to do this sort of thing and it's not a bad thing I feel much better having this conversation and I feel really good so thank you very much for taking the time to listen to the chat I'm your host Alan Hilchie and I'm going to talk to you real soon